America is an amazing country filled with wonderful people who do incredible things. But too often, the media and liberal politicians ignore big parts of our nation and the people who make it work. So I'm speaking with leaders and policymakers who deal with real problems every day. I'm Ronna McDaniel, and this is Real America. Today, I'm going to be speaking with Leora Levy, my dear friend and the Republican nominee for Senate from Connecticut. We're going to cover her family's remarkable story escaping communism and prospering in the United States, her campaign to oust 37-year career politician Dick Blumenthal, her vision for a strong and prosperous America, and so much more. I am so excited to invite this next guest or have this next guest on my podcast. She's a dear, dear friend of mine. She's an RNC member from Connecticut, and she is running for Senate to take on Dick Blumenthal in the great state of Connecticut. Welcome to my podcast, Leora Levy. Thank you so much, Rana. I'm so delighted to be with you. It's great to see you, albeit virtually, but as you said, we are great friends, so it's just wonderful to be with you today. I've known you for a long time. I'm actually kind of mad at myself that it's taken me this long to have you on the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, But I start every podcast right now because the election is just days away. How can we give to you and support your campaign for Senate in Connecticut? Oh, thank you for asking that. My website is leora4ct.com. That's L-E-O-R-A-F-O-R-C-T.com. And anything that your viewers could donate will be very helpful. Um, I'm up against a 37-year career politician who started with over $8 million. He has spent between 4 and $5 million against me already. Chuck Schumer's Super PAC is running ads against me. My ads are up but I need to run them even more. And it's not too late because in Connecticut, we don't have early voting. 80 to 90% of our voters vote on election day. So it is still possible to buy advertising and to get my message out to to those who are undecided. And Leora, the polls are tight. I mean, you are one of the races that everyone's talking about in this Senate, um, Senate cycle that could be a surprise. And I think you've had uh, polls within the margin of error that, yes. against Duke Blumenthal. So this That's is correct. a real race. If she has the resources, I know she's the best candidate, Thank but if you. she has the resources and the, and the people of Connecticut get to t- get to see her, um, she'll win. So everybody listening, go to Leora4CT.com, right? Thank you. Yes, that's it. All right. So let's start with just getting to know you a little bit better. I know you, um, but the people who are listening probably don't know you as well. So tell your story a little bit and, and introduce yourself. All right. Well, my story actually begins before I was even born. My mother and her parents escaped Nazi Europe in 1940. The reason they left my grandfather was a smart man. He could see what was happening around them, but they the catalyst for their leaving was the death of their young son, Leo, after whom I'm named. He would have been my uncle. He died at three years old, and that was the reason they left. His death was the reason they left Europe because my grandmother couldn't get over it, and my grandfather decided they had to make a new life. So. I consider Leo the angel who saved his family. 
I bear a huge responsibility because I carry his legacy. So I have a responsibility to make a difference with my life, to do the right thing with my life. And that is what motivates me every single day of the year. So where did they um, go? Where did they? Well, they tried to get into the United States. They met on a perilous trip through Germany. They passed as non-Jews on a train uh, a train car filled with SS officers. They managed to get to Genoa. They took the last American ship out of Genoa and got to Ellis Island, but were not allowed into the United States. Why? Was there, what was the reason? There was a quota for Jews. Wow. FDR had a quota and would not admit my family, my mother, as a, who was a, a little girl, and her parents. They were going to be sent back to Europe uh, the, the family that didn't leave, the rest of the family was murdered in the Holocaust. Oh my gosh. But fortunately, they were able to get visas to Cuba. So they went to Cuba. They went to Cuba in 1940. And then your then mom- Then 20 years later, yeah. my we had to leave Cuba because oh of gosh. Castro's communist revolution. And I came here as a three-year-old. We came to the United States with absolutely nothing except the clothes we were wearing. In fact, my mother, my sister and I were able to leave first. My father had a very hard time getting out. He was a wanted man by Castro. He was considered an enemy of the state. And for six months, my mother in her 20s, a young woman in her 20s with two little girls, a third child on the way, was in Miami, not knowing if her husband would ever get out or if he was even alive still. So you can imagine the stress and the strain of that as a three-year-old. I mean, I remember the tension. I remember bits and pieces of it, of that. I remember the day we left vividly, but, you know, being in Miami without my dad, I, that was very, that made a big, had a big impact on me. Okay. So you have to finish that story. Did your dad, did you get reunited yes. with your dad? Okay. Cause yes. that was a cliffhanger it, there. He did get out. That's going to be a, an espionage novel that I'll write one day or a, Really? So he did get out, but you got reunited with you got reunited with your dad in Miami. Yes, in Miami. He just he it it's a long story. They hid in multiple places, but eventually uh, he was with my uncle, the two of them. Eventually they they managed to get to the airport. They were waiting in line to board a flight to Miami. They, of course, once they checked their papers, they were pulled out of line, put into a room with a guard. The plane was, this is like Casablanca. The plane was on the tarmac. The propellers were spinning. Oh. All of a sudden, the guard looked at his watch, said, oh, it's my lunchtime. I'm going to lunch. He said, there's your plane. And he walked out. He left. We'll never know why. That's so crazy. He just walked out. They ran for the plane. They made, made the plane and showed up in Miami. That's amazing. So yeah, how did well, you? It was a miracle. How did you end up in Connecticut? Well, I I went to school in Rhode Island. I uh, well, I we grew up. In, I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina, okay. because that's where my dad got a job. And um, but when I went to college, I went to Brown University in Providence, and my major was international relations with a heavy emphasis on economics. I wanted to go into business, especially international business, and I became one of the first um, in women international commodity traders in the world at the time I was trading. And I went to New I so I was uh, working on Wall Street in New York. 
and I, in, I met my husband in New York and we, you know, when we got married, we decided we, we didn't want to raise our children in an urban environment. We wanted a suburban environment and we moved to Greenwich. Well, uh, I've met your Steve. Your husband's amazing, by the Thank way. You. We love he your says husband. Hello. Tell him hi. And and I didn't know all of that actually. And I've known you for a long time. I knew bits and pieces of that. So that's just such an amazing American story, uh, an American dream story. It absolutely I love that. is. I've lived my American dream, absolutely. And that's what I want for everybody else's children. And you love Connecticut. I and you've yes. been an advocate for Connecticut long before you were running for Senate serving on the national committee, but I know as RNC chair, you're always advocating for Connecticut because you see how bad the Democrat policies are in your state with your governor, with Blumenthal, up and down the state, and you're always advocating, we can turn this blue state red, but now you've thrown yourself in the arena and you are on the front lines of turning a blue, blue state red. So tell me what you are hearing on the campaign trail from voters about what they're uh, worried about and why they're looking to you and to make a change from Dick Blumenthal? Well, voters understand that life does not have to be this way. In Connecticut, life is unaffordable. We have very high prices for food, for gasoline, and now for home heating oil especially. Those prices are up 98% or more, wow. depending on the part of the state you're in from, from uh, last year, some places 130% more. Um, home heating oil last year was $2 and change a gallon. Here in, in Connecticut now, it's between $5 and 68 cents and up to $7. And it I've gets heard. cold in Connecticut. It, it gets, gets cold. cold. And not only that, there's, there's a historic shortage. So they've already announced there will be rationing there is also a shortage of natural gas in Connecticut. The CEO of the largest um, electric company, utility com company, wrote a letter to President Biden just this week telling him there was a shortage, that he should prepare for this shortage, and that it was going to be a, a, um, a health threat to the people of Connecticut, the people of New England. So what does that mean when you say there's going to be rationing? What is that? What would that entail? You know, I can only imagine, but I, I've been told that we will not be able to fill our tanks. We my, we heat our home with home heating oil. Even, even a couple of months ago, our heating company called the day before they were delivering and asked Mrs. Lee, they just asked, do you want a full tank or do you want a half a tank? Many of our customers can't afford to pay for a full tank. Oh my gosh. Yes. And then, so, but now we won't be able to, to fill our tanks. Everybody will be allocated a certain amount and that's it. Because this is a national health Threat. I don't think people realize, I did not realize in the Northeast, the home heating oil issue. Because I'm from Michigan, we don't have that. So I didn't understand that. But that is such a big issue because there are literally going to be people who are freezing in yes. their homes. Freezing yes. to death, probably. And I mean, it is that bad because Blumenthal and Biden abandoned energy independence. They just right. walked and away from it. 
a woman in Hartford told me she has to pay $7 a gallon now for her home heating oil. She literally has to decide whether she's going to buy enough food to, to feed herself or pay for her medicines or buy home heating oil to heat her home. These are the types of decisions people in Connecticut have to make, and they know it is the result of the failed policies of the Biden administration in the economic policies, all of this out of control spending, and the energy policy that has taken that have taken us from being energy independent and a net exporter to begging our enemies to produce more oil for us. This, this didn't have to be this way, and Blumenthal has rubber stamped and voted for every single policy that has created this situation here. So energy doesn't just lead to higher home eating, but it's inflation, right? Because everything's yes. transported, everything, everything uses gas, everything you get has some element of energy that needed to get that product from A to B. And yes. that price is passed on to you. That increase is passed on to you, the consumer. So that's, that's what's right. causing inflation. Day one, they got rid of the Keystone Pipeline. Yeah. Day one, they stopped um, drilling on, on leased lands on federal lands. They stopped it. So that's why we're, we are where we are. So when mm -hmm. you go to buy Halloween candy this weekend or this week, and it's $32 a bag, it's because of Biden. It's truly yeah. Biden inflation. It's Blumenthal inflation, too. Blumenthal is, he voted for all of this. And he is the face of Biden in Connecticut. Even just to add to this, there is only a 25-day supply of diesel fuel in New England. This is so scary. Everything we consume in Connecticut is delivered by trucks that use diesel. And so that's an issue you're hearing about. What about crime? Crime's on the rise in so many cities. Tell me about crime in Connecticut and what you're hearing from voters there. Well, in, in the urban areas, there are shootings all the time. Young people, gangs, people caught in the cross, innocents caught in the crossfire, children, babies being shot. In It doesn't matter how urban or how rural. Everywhere I go around the state, people tell me car thefts are off the charts. They're stealing catalytic converters. In my own town, this summer alone, there was an armed robbery on our main shopping street in the middle of the day. There was a mugging of a shopper coming out of a store, again, in the middle of the afternoon. And there was an incident where thugs drove a car through the windows of a store, stole merchandise, and then drove away. So what can you do as a senator? What do you say to people? I'll tell you, the re this has resulted by the insane policies of the Democrats in Connecticut. They passed something called a police accountability law, which defunded the police, removed their qualified immunity, and created a revolving door justice system. So what I can do as a senator is find a way for our police to have qualified immunity. I would like to write legislation that requires any state or city that wants federal funds or anything provide qualified immunity for their cops. Because without qualified immunity, they cannot do their jobs. They, they have to just sit back and let crime happen. They aren't even allowed to, when they stop- Nora, explain to me what qualified immunity is. Can you explain it's what like that is? It's like insurance. It means okay. if they don't have it, then people they arrest can sue them personally. Yep. They are personally liable to be sued. So they removed that in your state. They removed it.
it's it's crazy and it's created a, a shortage of cops our state police are down about 400 positions the in my town they're down 30 positions and wow. they can't eat they can't fill them nobody wants a job and you can do something about it in the Senate. Yes. You can. Yes. And the other thing you can do is instead of voting for 87,000 IRS agents, which Blumenthal did, or yes, did. paying off student loans for people who already graduated from college because they vote, you can say, no, we're going to do things to protect our community. So the Democrats are all pretending right now that they care about crime, that they right. care about law and order, but their priorities are on full display with their votes. Their their priorities yeah. are their socialist green dreams. Yeah, those are their priorities. They don't care about people's lives, and you're right. They they voted for eighty seven thousand IRS agents who will just harass um, middle class Americans and small businesses. And people forget the Republicans put an amendment forward to the Senate and yes. said, will you guarantee to the Democrats that these 87,000 IRS agents will not go after middle-income Americans? And the Democrats rejected that. So that's when they true. come to you and lie and say, oh, this is not this is about the rich, that's not true. It is absolutely about to go after the Uber driver, the Lyft driver, hardworking people who are making incomes on the side that they want your money. That's what it's about. It's about getting more money so they can push their agenda, which is hurting the American people. I can't believe that they did that with your police there i'm we need you in the senate this is crazy it's foolish and 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 it also created a, a an anti-police climate two weeks ago we had a terrible thing happen in the in a lovely town in connecticut bristol connecticut three cops were ambushed very diabolically and two were killed one seri was seriously wounded oh, no. I attended the funerals of those young cops. One was 34, one was 35. It was gut-wrenching, heartbreaking to see their young wives clutching the flags that had draped their coffins to their chest, hugging them to their chest and see their children just there. I, I, I It was unspeakably difficult. And I was sitting behind my opponent and it was he and his colleagues in the Democrat Party, he he attended Black Lives Matter rallies where they called to defund the police. He is responsible for what has happened here in Connecticut. Because he's done nothing about it. That's right. And I say this in every state. Every single senator, incumbent Democrat senator, they are the tie vote in the Senate. They are the yeah. vote that can say, no, we're not going to do this. And my state is suffering from home heating prices or from crime or from education deficits. They have that vote and they have willingly given away that power to Joe Biden and Chuck Schumer and they have not stood up for their state. So that's what I want to talk about next, which is you're going to need independents and Democrats yes. to cross over and vote for you in Connecticut. So I say to people, this is an election about Republican versus Democrat. It's common sense versus yes, crazy. And how are you appealing to Democrats and independents? What is your campaign doing? And is education a big issue in your state as well? Yes, to all of the above. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, luckily, all of the polls show that I am winning with the independents and the unaffiliated voters here. Great. They understand we need common sense policies again. It's the policies that my opponent has voted for and supported. You know, he tries to sound compassionate. 
about every issue, about every problem. But it is he, it is he who has created these problems with his votes and with his policies. And the, the voters understand that. And if you want to change the results, if you want to change the outcome, you must change the leadership. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, on every level, and I don't know if you, you say this to voters, Leora, but when you say, are do you think they've done a good job in two years when they've had the Senate, the House, and the White House? Let's look at it. Inflation's up. Gas prices are up. Crime is rampant. Fentanyl's coming across our border. Our kids are dealing with deficits. Uh, on every single level, they have failed. And the That's only right. way to change it is to change it, is, is, right. to, is to fire them. And, um, and, you know, I'm a mother. You're a mother. Yeah. I remember talking to you during the COVID lockdowns about yes. what your children were experiencing. Well, that happened here to our children in Connecticut, too. They closed the schools. And then when they reopened them, they used American relief plan money that was designated for mitigating COVID in the schools. It was used to train teachers to teach all of their woke political ideology like critical race theory and gender fluidity and other inappropriate sexual content. And I even, I've spoken to teachers who were offered these extra programs, it paid. They would get extra money for participating in these programs, training programs. And then when they they showed up for the training program, it was it was virtual. When they turned on their computers, it was all critical race theory. So they they used their COVID relief dollars, yes, and they diverted it to activism training and That's to indoctrination. Correct. That's that what they did, correct. right? Yes. And you know, we don't need our kids. We don't need our teachers teaching our kids to be activists. We need them teaching them to be academics, right? Correct. Our I can teach my do... child what yeah. to believe. You know, we can talk about that in our home. I don't need right. the schools to tell my kids what to think, how to think politically, math, science, English, real history, history. real history. Like That's right academics, right? That's correct. Our, our children deserve a first-rate education to prepare them to succeed in life going forward. And that's not what they're getting. Our kids but, have been left so behind. Yes. And when you look at nine-year-olds reading at a 30-year low and, mm -hmm. and having, and you look at the scores that just came out, every Democrat is accountable for this generation's loss of learning. That's every right. Democrat. And Dick Blumenthal is on the front line of that. So I just love you, Leora. Your pa you. your passion. Um, Leora and I spent a lot of time together. She was with me when we uh, were at the embassy opening in Jerusalem. Yes, that was an. I still get goosebumps when I, know, I think of it, that Rana. Was so amazing, and we had so many <laughs> moments. But you will never find, and I can say this because I know, I know every candidate, and they're all great. But you will never find somebody with more passion and love for this country than Leora. Leora is is just overflowing with passion when you're with her. She loves this country, it's so near and dear to her. And of course, coming from Cuba, fleeing Nazi Nazism, fleeing Cuba, uh, communism, you understand firsthand the sacrifice that your family made to come to this country and you are desperately trying to preserve the American dream. So yes. just thank you. One thank um, you. final thing we have to end with, how do we go support you winning and beating Dick Blumenthal in Connecticut? Well, I would appreciate support from anybody who is able to offer it. My website, leora4ct.com. 
Thank you, Leora. You're Thank the best. You, Rana. Thank you for everything you've done for Connecticut. Rana is a visionary leader for our party. That engagement center that you opened in New Britain for to, to do outreach in the Hispanic and African-American communities has been so helpful and will make a difference to all of our candidates in this election. And just so you know, I am campaigning in the Hispanic community, in the African-American communities. Yo hablo español y ellos están muy, muy contentos de tener la primera Latina para... Well, that's awesome. And you, yeah. you, I was with you in that office when you spoke in Spanish and with George Logan, our other yes. great candidate who's running for House um, District 5 in Connecticut. So go support Leora. Let's just work as hard as we can. And I tell everybody, you have to talk to everyone you know. This is an election. Right. You can volunteer at GOP.com. Support this great candidate. She will be the difference in us taking back the Senate. Thanks, Leora. Thank Thanks you, for being Rana. On my podcast. It's so nice to be with you. I know. I'm looking forward to being with you in person soon. Me too. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. This is what Republicans stand for. I'm Rhonda McDaniel, and this is Real America. Paid for by the Republican National Committee, not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee, www.gop.com.